There's already been one Elder Scrolls game title turned into a movie with Tom Cruise. What'll be next? Mm, can't be Arena or Daggerfall. Tom Cruise doesn't do medieval anymore. Nobody would get Morrowind memes, so that's out. And Oblivion's taken. I guess it's Skyrim. And it'll probably be some kind of setting like Halo. What does the title matter, though? Hey, Paisanos, it's the Backtrack Brothers Super Show! We're the Backtrack Brothers, and old school are games. We're not like the others. We get all the faith. If you're back left in trouble, you can call us in the double. We're more retro than the others. You'll be hooked on the brothers. Get hooked on the brothers. For a treat, so hang on to your seat. Get ready for adventure from our features this week. Up consoles, computers, handhelds, and the others. Listen to our show, you'll be hooked on the brothers. Yeah, yeah. RPG Backtrack, where we talk about computer and console role-playing games from the way back when, right up through yesteryear. Here are your hosts, Phil Willis and Mike Minky. And welcome to yet another heart-stopping, thrilling episode of the RPG Backtrack. This is number 177, Rim the Sky. I am Phil Willis, and this is the one, the only, Mr. Mike Minky. Yes, there is another name that this episode could have gone by, but I tried to be slightly more respectable in my titling than that. You can guess what it is, though. And there's Shame only... on you for guessing. Shame <laughs> on you for guessing. And the king of respectability, Mr. Scott Lockamater. So, this is the worst Elder Scrolls game, and make it better is uh, like admit, saying Mass Effect 3 is better. If uh, you assume the whole thing is a uh, coma fantasy, did you say this was the worst Elder Scrolls? The, it is the worst one. Worse than like Arena? We, we've gone over this. Every Elder Scrolls <laughs> game is the worst Elder Scrolls game. Worse we than have gone over this. Daggerfall? The worst one. Well, no, I had a 12 hour shift today, so feeling a little loopy right now. Ooh, you know what helps with that? Some red wine. I'm gonna go get some red wine. Because that always makes the show more interesting. I'm going to get some Utah red wine. And I'm going to let y'all listen to some of the worst Elder Scrolls music you've ever heard. Ever. And then we'll be right back.
We have returned, and we are very excited <laughs> to talk about the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. This was initially released on November 11, 2011. Get it? 11, 11, 11. Ha! <laughs> Come on, that's funny, guys. Ha ha ha. Video games releasing on November 11th is pretty normal. Okay, fine. Take away. I think, I think every Call of Duty for about six years in a row did that. God. Take away all my fun. It's old. It's, yeah. it's a strange way to celebrate Armistice Day, but I guess since you're usually getting games that involve shooting people, it kind of fits. It made more sense when it was Nazis, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, developed by Bethesda. And we, and we never even got any games about shooting the Kaisers. Oh, jeez. Uh, De- Field 1, it happened. Developed by Bethesda, published by Bethesda, released on Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and coming to the Nintendo Switch. Whoo! This is a, a single-player action RPG. Open world, free roaming, consisting of wilderness expanses, dungeons, cities, towns, fortresses, and villages. Oh my! It's coming out on the Switch, but it never came out on the Wii or the Wii U. Yeah. Oh, well. Yet, yeah. Coming soon to the <laughs> dead Wii U. Skyrim. Because we need and to sell another 50,000 copies. And let's see here. I'm looking at GameFAQs where some kind reviewer titled his review, one of the few games released this generation that will still be talked about 15 years from now. Well, by then, El- uh, by then Elder Scrolls Six will have come out, and we'll have to compare it to that and decide that, yes, in fact, that one is the worst Elder yeah. Scrolls ever. That'll be the worst, so I, yeah. Actually, by another 10 years from now, we may have Elder Scrolls Seven also. Although maybe they're 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 cranking they're tightening up, up a little, they're tightening up. I'll give them that. And maybe the Elder Scrolls Online just hasn't proven the enormous blockbuster that everyone thought it was. Don't even make that joke, man. <laughs> anyway, Skyrim, direct yeah. Skyrim talk. Phil, Skyrim, Skyrim's Skyrim's pretty ish. So so pretty. Uh, Phil, what am I talking about? Skyrim. It's a game where you make a character. And you go around and you whack things and burn things and you shout like a dragon because that's a manly thing to do. And um, I, I don't know. I, 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 I thought it looked really kind of, you know, interesting in third person perspective sometimes when I rotated the camera around. But um, I'm sure one of you guys want to talk about why it's the worst game ever. All right. So so The Elder Scrolls Five starts you off like you do about to be executed for non-specific crimes um it's a long talky bit where you don't get to do anything in a cart and there's nothing worth uh looking at because the cart is surrounded by woods and the people are ugly um your execution is interrupted by a dragon attack which is not normal because no one's seen a dragon in about four elder scrolls games so very unprecedented and then it's a confused mess because you have control of the cat the player has control of the camera the whole time so you just miss things that, you know, would be nice to look at because you're frantically trying to figure out where you should be going because the markers aren't really high contrast. And then eventually uh, you get through the starter dungeon after escaping the dragon. And um, at some point in this crazy me- mess of things, you halfway choose which faction you're going ch- you're gonna to join as part of the main quest or B quest. Uh, don't worry if you pick the wrong one. It's like choosing Coke or Pepsi. Um, 
but you get out of the starter dungeon, and then you finally see but what not everyone. Diet Coke or Pepsi, right? No, no, just Coke or Pepsi. And then you you get out into the wilderness, and you finally see what all those screenshots were showing off. About two hours in, you finally see, oh, it's a pretty mountain with a river and some stuff. And then you go about the business of Elder Scrollsing, which is mostly just playing, hey, what's over there? And stumbling backwards into storylines, maybe. And, and remember, if you see a mountain, wherever, you can climb it. You can so do it. You can, wait, oh, wait, wrong game. No, you can. You can. You can uh, totally do it. it it's mostly a mix of bunny hopping and switchbacking, which people are now just calling Skyrimming, which is accurate, but I'm also sort of like, I'd like switchbacking as a term, but even while I was playing Horizon Zero Dawn, I was just like, yeah, I think I can Skyrim this bit, I'm not going to find the trail. What, what is switchbacking? So switchbacking is where you take advantage of um, the specific angles uh, between your character and the geometry. So that you, the IK will stick you to uh, a surface that normally you would slide down, and then you have to sort of proceed upward at angles, and it involves a lot of turning back and forth to do it, switching back and forth. You see. Wow. Okay. Wow. So, so, uh, or, so, or you could just take a horse. Horses just don't understand physics, so you know. So all the stuff that people are excited about with Zelda: Breath of the Wild, Skyrim was so doing it five years ago. Well, I mean, Zelda um, actually sort of told you you could do it and made a actual mechanic of it that you could interact with as opposed to just you breaking the physics. <laughs> and, and is it like Breath of the Wild, like you start climbing up the mountain, you get about halfway, then it starts raining and you fall down? No. Okay, um, just clarifying. There's weather, but weather doesn't... Weather doesn't slow down your adventure. No. I make you no, wait for um, it to pass by in bitterness. While your rage fact, just builds uh, up. You get, you get to yell like a dragon to change the weather. Oh, nice. So if it's too foggy and you're just annoyed with being lost in the fog, you can be like, rarg, and there's no more fog. Well, there you go. It, it, it's how they gate a bit of endgame stuff away, but it's also just useful in general. Does it only? Can you only get rid of fog, or can you make it, I don't know, have a thunderstorm? Yeah, there's, yeah you can do that. There, there's two. They kind of go work the opposite way. One one clears out, clears conditions, one just makes it terrible. So that's what I needed in Breath of the Wild. Can you kill yourself by summoning a tornado? Ooh. No, but you can throw yourself off a cliff. And then you you yeah. respawn somewhere, or do you get to reload your last save? You just reload your, la- you reload your last slave. Save. Okay. All right, so, so let's start off with the very, very deep story of Skyrim. All right, so... Um, so, uh, in Skyrim, which is the land of where everyone is a Viking, except all the people who are not Vikings, it's very cosmopolitan. And but fortunately, uh, the game is perfectly willing to hold up this. Um, rather than just sort of buy into that cosmopolitan nature of the realm, they're like, no, no, this is this is super Nords all the time because we have dialogue scripted and voice acted, so that anytime you don't run into a Viking guy, you ha- you can ask him what a not-Viking is doing up here, and he will tell a story about it. It's weird. And when you say not-Viking, are they just generic newscaster-type people, or they come from someplace distinct? They, well, they're like, like other Elder Scrolls games, there's a bunch of different kinds of humans, and they come from other places where you develop tans and don't grow to seven feet tall. And, and all the people are born ugly. Don't forget that part. 
Oh, well, everyone is ugly. It is a blight upon, upon the land. Um, honestly, that would be a great plot line for Elder Scrolls Six. Finally unuglying everyone in Tamriel. Yeah, that'd be like an epic quest to break the yeah. curse. Like, it, it, everyone's been ugly this whole time because of an ancient curse, and you finally break it, and it's it's just the Better Bodies mod from Oblivion. It, it reminds me of a uh, little nerd, uh, nerd stuff here. In Star Trek Enterprise, which was the last series of TV shows, they had an episode or a two-parter that explained why the Klingons in the original episode look the way they do. Because if you've seen the original episode, the original series, the Klingons just look like they got some brown face paint on as opposed to modern Klingons, which have all the ridges and the high forehead and everything else. But there's there's an in-story reason for why that is. It's you know, Obviously, it's done a little, uh, you know, re- retroactively. But that's what Skyrim needs, or uh, Next Elder Scrolls needs. Now, these people have been ugly. There's a reason why. And we're now finally going to tell you with the sixth game. And you're going to break that curse. You're, you're so going to do it. It's an and epic quest. It's going to be DLC because that oh, allows t- us to have some more time to get the graphics engine right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you buy it, they'll even throw in some horse armor. Oh, wait, <laughs> yes. no, we're keeping that separate. <laughs> we're paying yeah, for that separate. Okay. Actually, there's no horse armor in this game at all. Like, none. Aw, no horse armor. I know, there, right? Are there horses? There are horses, but no armor for them. An armored hor- horses. horses, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> But okay. Armor helps so much in Oblivion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, the horses are way more aggressive. So if if anything goes aggro against you, your horse will immediately fling itself into combat where it might actually need armor. <sighs> and it does that by just kicking, or does it try and bite too? Uh, it's mostly kicking. It there, there's some forehoof action as well. But okay, and I, so this, and I guess if you fight little things, then it might try to stamp on them. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it, it tries to stomp on spiders, but it'll also just try to take on dragons. So, so it turns out that um, in in Skyrim, a land full of Vikings, except not, uh, you have a nationalistic party of people who want to kick the imperial forces out, and rather than accomplishing this through peaceful discourse or allying with the elves, because they hate the Empire too, they decide to wake up the biggest, meanest elder dragon who might also be a god, and I think is voiced by someone from the Royal Shakespeare Company. I can't remember. Maybe? I, I, gotta, I gotta scroll down for this guy. But uh, So they wake him up, and that triggers the dragon apocalypse, where all the other dragons wake up and start menacing people except it's more of a chore and an inconvenience to you, the player, than uh, anyone else, and no one else seems to be affected. Um, It turns out that you are, in fact, uh, the Dragonborn, and thus lawful heir to the Empire. I think that's still in the canon. But you you then are the chosen one who must uh, learn how to shout like a dragon and be manly. Uh, or ladylike and shout like a dragon. You can choose. And do, um, do you only shout like a dragon, or can you transform in any aspect? No, yeah, you, know, you just shout like a dragon. It does magic, which is good because the regular magic's su- super lame. So you're better off sticking to the shouting. It it scales a bit better. That must be one powerful voice. It just shouting does something to enemies. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, the first thing they teach you is how to knock guys down, which is handy. Uh, it, it also uh, just affects all physics objects, which is hilarious to watch sometimes. Um, but yeah, so so you're the chosen one, so you have to uh, learn how to shout good and eventually unravel uh, 
the secret of how to get to Valhalla and then recruit some dead heroes to slay the dragons in the past. There's some time travel involved, like you actually have to find an Elder Scroll and travel back in time to figure out a bunch of stuff. There's an annoying puzzle section in the middle that's boring. Time travel? Yes, there's time travel. Does it attempt to deal with the paradoxes or just throw it in there and expect you to accept it? You, you just sort of sit there and watch things happen. You can't really interact with anything. Um, oh, that's how it handles. Yeah. Uh, and then you get into... Um, then there's the B-plot where you have to single-handedly sort out this civil war by choosing Coke or Pepsi, taking a bunch of forts, and then uh, executing um, the leader of the other ones. The, the other faction, and then you win. And of course, because it's Elder Scrolls, there's also, uh, you know, the usual guilds, like the Fighters Guild, where you fight, and they have an issue where they're all secretly werewolves. Um, the Thieves Guild is um, being led by a corrupt guild master, voiced by Stephen Russell. Hooray! Uh, <laughs> it's good when he gets work. And everyone else is an idiot, an idiot and completely gormless and trusting. So um, you do a bunch of stupid chores for them, and then you get to be in charge of the Thieves' Guild. Uh, there's the Dark Brotherhood, which has drifted away from uh, the sacred murder cult, their sacred murder cult ways, and you have to uh, kill a clown and then restore them to proper worship. Killing the clown is important. And, and the dead clown is then worshipped? No, no, just you, you, have to, you, you have to kill a clown, and then after you kill the clown... Uh, the survivors of the guild can start worshipping their their murder goddess as is good and proper. And then there's the Wizards Guild, which is um, at war with some guys that got kicked out because they couldn't get tenure. I, I, I don't remember much of that quest line, except that I was head of the Wizards Guild, and I only knew two spells. Two! Were they good spells? No! <laughs> like, the entrance to Zam is, can you cast the spell we taught you at the end during the first dungeon? Oh, if, and as long as you haven't leveled up too much by the time of the end of the exam, they're like, yeah, you're in. If you level up too much, they want you to cast a higher level fire spell, and then you have to learn a new one, and that's that's not cool. That's not cool. Ah, yeah, that, then you better just uh, run with the curve and not level up too much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and you mentioned that there are werewolves. Are there any vampires? Uh, they they held off the, on the vampires until the DLC. Like you can, there, there, there's like a quest where you have to kill the town vampire, but there, you can't become one until the DLC. Which I guess we should hold off on. Yeah. All right. Just you know, werewolves and vampires go together so many times now that I had to make sure. Well, yeah. I mean, it's what they do. Yep. And um, there's also the usual, just hey, it's an open world. Every town has its own problems. Figure them out. Um, do your own stuff. Things. Like, there's a load of tombs full of dead Vikings where you can, you know, proceed into the depths and steal all their shit and learn how to shout more words in Dragon to get things done. And the Vikings that you continue to meet don't have any problem with you having ransacked that tomb? No! They really don't mind because, you know, they've they've stocked their tombs with undead warriors, so if you can beat up every undead warrior, uh, clearly you were worthy of all that stuff. I guess. Maybe that's how the real Vikings operated, too, and nobody wants to let it get out of Scandinavia anymore. Yeah, near as I can tell. I mean, 
they, they, they do their best to hide them with the same symbol puzzle all the time. You know, you know, where you've got these three pillars that rotate with different symbols on them. And then somewhere else in the room is cleverly hidden by cleverly. I mean, not at all the order that you have to put those pillars in. And some some of them do have locked doors where you need like a funky key that looks like a dragon claw. But more often than not, that's also in the dungeon. There's like two cases where you'll find it somewhere else. Um, but yeah, that that's that's the story. You pick Coke or Pepsi and you are the you are the chosen one. Uh, who has to learn how to be a better dragon shouter than uh, Vladimir Kulik. So there you go. Christopher Plummer, Plummer is the one who teaches you how to shout like a dragon. Okay, that might be, that would be fun to listen. He's just an old, boring guy. Aww. He's just old and boring and tells you, and he's reading the game tutorial to you and, like, snippets of lore, and if you steal their flowers, all of them get mad at you, and because these old guys know how to shout like dragons, they just keep knocking you over, and nothing happens. <laughs> I was hoping that he would be playing General Chang or something, disappointing. Yeah, no, I mean, although this this has a couple of Klingons in it, because you've also got Dan Riordan, who is, um, who's in, uh, who, who plays the evil dragon, he he he's been a couple of different Klingons and plays drums in Michael Dorn's band. <laughs> Double Klingon band, wow. That's oh yeah. Yeah. That that that's actually kinda cool. Man, no, but it's not see... technically in Skyrim. No, but now I have to see who else is in this band. Maybe it's all Klingons. <laughs> yeah, has Christopher Lloyd ever guested in that band? Who's in his band? Come on. <laughs> this is important stuff. Im- Important backtrack fact-checking going on right now. Uh, we check where others don't. Well, it is important, dog darn it. Mm-hmm. This is Michael Dorn's band we're talking about. Are, are you not remembering anything of the plot, Phil, that you want to chime in with? No, because I kind of did the whole Skyrim, got off a of track, talked to people, just kind of wanted to go out and kill things and zap things, and I did that for a dozen or two hours. And so I never really got, you know, really deep into the story. Um, for especially after kind of oblivion, story left me so so like meh. Uh, and so I kind of figured, why bother Skyrim? Just kind of be like, ooh, I made a character, open world. Let's go see what's over there. And, and just did that for for a while. And got involved in a couple cities and some nobleman going off on some long rant about why he needs me to do X Y Z. Big plot, blah blah blah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, you know, if you, if you, for me, you know, if I just let that go. I'm just like, whatever, main quest, who cares? I'm just going to go out there and hunt crap and just explore shit. And that was pretty cool. And I made up a character. And there was a couple of screenshots I did where it definitely seemed kind of cool, as I mentioned before. Like, if I spun it around, I think one of the things that's kind of cool is, like, the everything looks so, to me anyways, it looked very organic. Like, you know, the dungeon or the cave I was in with the armor that I was wearing, it just looked like almost something from Game of Thrones or something. It just looked very natural instead of, like, bright and colorful with sharp points and things like that. Um, so I thought that was kind of neat. It just kind of almost for a minute with my failing eyesight looked a little real. So and kind of feel, ooh, this is kind of neat. But, um... Well, I was talking to somebody this weekend who spent 80 hours with it and didn't come close to finishing, and I... That's just what you can do with this kind of game. Yeah, it's, it's just open world. It's, that, it's how you want to approach it. 
I mean, how do you about you, Scott? Do you go? Do you get into this game and you're like, you know, focus on the main story and try to focus on the main quest, or do you go, ooh, shiny, and I'm just screw the story? Well, um, this game. Uh, so, so for this one, I kind of made a point of actually doing scripted plot lines a little more, um, just because I lost so much time, like basically a whole year to Oblivion. So I made a point of just sort of like, if I show up in town, I'm going to talk to everyone with a name. If they trigger a quest, I'll do it. But I'm not going to go out of my way to find dungeons on my own. So I, th- I think I clocked like uh, 90 hours into it, but that was, I, I finished it. I got credits. Um, the other thing I'll mention is that they rediscovered procedurally generated quests. And I'm going to say rediscovered specifically because, um, you know, Todd Howard was super gunned up in the press tours about how, yeah, yeah, we've got procedurally generated quests now. Just, just like in Arena and Daggerfall. And I'm <laughs> like, sure I, I, they're, they're I, fascinating quests, right? Uh, well, it's, uh, for starters, it's you, you go up to someone, uh, perhaps a dirt farmer or a uh, bartender, or sometimes someone just shows up with a message for you. Some guy with no pants would be like, message for you, sir. And uh, then you open the message, because the dirt farmer will also hand you a message, as will the bartender. And then you will open the message, and in text it will tell you, uh, pretty straightforward, hey, somewhere relatively close by, there is a location that's full of bandits, or crazy cultists, or monsters, and then you can go in there (laughs) and clean it up. Like, it is basically, it just points you to the nearest location you haven't already been to, and you go fight stuff there. Wow! Yeah. And there's there's no attempt are they, to... Are, they, are there any things that you haven't fought before? Um, well, I mean, the, the, the population of Skyrim is about uh, 80% bandit, which... <laughs> Man, that guy's six cabbages. <laughs> Gotta feed a lot of people. 80% bandit. Uh, do the bandits have different weapons, or are they all just using swords and bows? Uh, well, they, they use the shittiest versions of those weapons. <sighs> so that you can pay no attention whatsoever to whatever they drop, right? Yeah, like, they're dead. You You check them for arrows and potions, and you move on. Um, so I think the, the big thing is that they did update, um, they, they updated a lot of the crafting system so you can build your own stuff from scratch. Um, they're not all that useful. They are, well, they're as good as anything you might find. I think you, you kind of have to bend around a couple of different skills to really be producing something better than you can buy. And at that point, you're... Also, just you've learned how to break the game in such a way that it's like, yeah, you gave yourself 2,000 enchanting. You could also do the exact same thing to get 2,000 strength and whack everything with a stick. So it's, you know, it, it it's the usual exploit-prone Elder Scrolls subsystem that, you know, it's there. Um, the game you has... spend days out of your life going into it. That's your prerogative, man. Yeah. Um, uh, they they revised uh, the level up system um, compared to uh, previous ones. There are no core stats now. You just when you level up, you advance uh, your three pools: your health, uh, stamina, and mana pools. And then you have a bunch of talent trees, 
based on how much you use different skills, uh, you can push farther up those trees and activate new things. Um, mostly it's just passive abilities. Things you used to get for free in Oblivion, like you, you now have to spend a resource on, so you you can't... There, there's enough... The level cap's high enough to max out one or two and then have splash somewhere else. But it's not quite the same power fantasy feeling you get from Oblivion where, you know, I make a point of skipping through every field and picking every flower, and now I'm also a ridiculously good alchemist. Man, sounds it sounds as if you can't become a demigod, only a, a quarter god. Yeah, it's 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 you can't you can't hit demigod just hero. Oh well. Oh well. And let's see, the enemies scale with you, or they're always the same? I can't remember. Uh, they, they do scale. It's not as painful, as painfully tight as the scaling in Oblivion was, but it is, uh, it, it feels, it feels like everything around you is competitive without necessarily never feeling like you can't take on more than three of anything at a time. Okay. And I think we mentioned this when you talked about throwing yourself off cliffs, but you get whacked. It's time to reload your save, right? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, the music, uh, it's from Jeremy Sewell. He does a lot of work for a lot of people. He, um, I think he snuck away from Bioware uh, somewhere around Nazi Old Republic. I can't remember. Um, but he, he does good work. It's a good soundtrack. And let's see. I'm sure it comes with multiple people who we don't know doing voice acting. Well, um, I think they did a better job of they, they did a better job of finding people who are just character actors. I think they, they decided to, instead of spending all their money on two big names to uh, <laughs> spend their money on a bunch of character actors and video game staples. So we do have uh, Max von Sydow as um, a a dragon hunter guy. You've got Christopher Plummer as a dragon. Um, Michael Hogan is in it. Because he was doing a lot of video game work at the time. Uh, just tons of mainstays of video games like Stephen Russell and Paul Gannis and Craig Shelker. Um, Kerry Walgan's in it, as is... Oh, we also get Linda Carter, Wonder Woman! <laughs> Will she get a cameo in the new movie? We can hope. I, I, I think they've said she's not in it. That's just sad. Well, I mean, my, my immediate response was, well, she, she has to play Hippolyta in this, right? It's like how you get the last Lois Lane to play uh, Ma Kent. I, I was hopeful that because Zach's... Nah, we're getting off topic. Yeah, we're, we're getting away from it. Jason Marsden's in it. Jim Cummings is approximately 40 guys. <laughs> well, he's, like I'm, damn, he's damn good at varying his voice, so I can see that. Well, he is and he isn't. Like, you can always... There's always something that it's like, oh, that's Jim Cummings. Like, I had to explain to people that, no, no, Hondo Anaka from Clone Wars is just Don Carnage. Same voice. <laughs> Still, I, I generally like his voice, so I'm fine with it. No, he, he, he does good work. Um, I'm, I'm, it's a little sad that uh, the voice actors guild, or the actors guild, pushed really hard for new tighter regs on um, how many roles you can take in one piece. Because otherwise we'd have more Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> no, it, it, it's 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 absolutely true. There, you can only do three characters in one TV episode, which means, and because Jim Cummings is about half the cast of Winnie the Pooh now by attrition, we can't do any more Winnie the Pooh. Or we have Penny. to have Disney hire new people, and that apparently isn't happening. 
Oh, well, well, look, they found one guy who can be half the cast of Winnie the Pooh. Until he's dead, they won't look for new people. It'll probably have to be some kind of some kind of legalese evasion where he he was in a different country at the time he recorded it. I don't know. No, uh, he he's a member. He can't he can't uh, he can't oh. really do it. Like Disney might just have to pay him the two paychecks then. Uh, what else is going on this? What else is going on in this game? Um, Let's see here. I'm looking at that handy dandy game facts review. Finally, another thing Skyrim adds is dragons that are encountered both randomly and at certain landmarks on the map. Yeah, they're a chore. Like that's it. Like it, you, you, like you, you, you think a game where you know you slay dragons sounds like the most badass thing, but because they just spawn like any other wildlife at sort of, at a fairly specific rate, you you just sort of get annoyed with them. Dragon bones also remain where the dragon is killed for the rest of the time you play, which can clutter up the environment. Yeah, well, you can they're physics objects still, so you can uh, use your, your physics blast gun shout thing to knock them around. So if you feel like that particular the spot where they landed is not particularly cool enough, you can shove it to the field where you want it to be. Oh, uh yeah. Oh, of course of course we have we have to fulfill you know, old school memory by pointing out that yes, I was I was an adventurer like you, but then I took an arrow to the knee because <laughs> the guards have to react to you. And at first, it's just like, hey, they tell little stories like that. There's like six little stories they could tell, and then when they start reacting to you, they start just calling you out on whatever skill you have pretty high. So if you've got more than fifty in any skill, they'll just sort of comment on it casually, even if there's no actual indication about your person as to how or why you would have that skill. The like, uh, the, the the weapon crafting skill. Yeah, like weapon like there's nothing about you that indicate could indicate that you craft armor, but it's like, hey, can can you can you uh, buff out the the dings in my shield? It's like you know, I I'm standing here. In, you know, 300-pound demon full plate, you know, and a giant mace. It's like, oh, you fancy yourself an alchemist. Can you brew me up some mead? And I'm like, mead takes a goddamn year. Leave me alone. I do understand why someone would ask for mead, but, yeah, it's a painful well, button to make. Also, you're on duty. I'm almost <laughs> certain that's against the rules. I guess in the world of Skyrim, you're allowed to drink on duty. Yeah. That probably explains why the guard attrition rate is pretty damn high. Yeah. Well, also... Dragons will just swoop into town, and the entire village will just be like, all right, I got a knife, let's go. The entire town will try to gang up on the dragon. It often ends poorly, including the horses. Poor horses, you'd think they'd know better than to try and take on a dragon. Look, look, the guy running the lumber mill will, will, will go. If the guards fall over, the guy running the lumber mill will steal their swords to try to do it better. I wonder how that goes. Well, here's the thing. If the character's important, they won't die. They'll just fall <laughs> over and stay there. And then say, but if oh, they aren't, gosh, then they're just dead. You'll like... And, I mean, Dragon Appearance is based on the player's location. So it's more often than not, you will walk into town and the dragon will land on top of you. <laughs> so you'll be forced to sort it out. But there are points where you'll just sort of be close enough to town as you're walking by. It'll breeze through it, and a dragon will hit town, 
and that fight will happen, and you'll come back later, and there's like six dead guys littering around. And and nobody thought to, you know, bury nobody them. Mo- <laughs> yeah, nobody moves anything. No one picks up after themselves. If I if I walk into if I walk into White Run, drop all of my stuff and leave it there. No one picks it up. Right in the middle of the right in the middle of town square, big pile of gold bars. Nobody touches it. Well, you're you're the Dragonborn. That obviously no one messes with the Dragonborn because uh, the Dragonborn is all seeing and all knowing. Or I'm trying too hard on it. Yeah, you would yeah. you would think with the eighty uh, percent bandit population, somebody would finger it. Yeah, exactly, right? Um, they, I, I think I'll point out my... Hi- there are two highlight quests. I think um, as dumb and boring as the guild quests end up being in this, I think uh, the quests related to the Daedra Princes are pretty solid. I think um, there's one that involves a talking dog, and you have to help a talking dog, which is cool because you're just, you'll just be walking along, and, oh, it's a dog. It's like... It's the exact same model as every other dog in this game. But then he, like, flags you down and drags, does that thing that Bethesda NPCs do where they stop you dead, drag your center of vision right on them so you can stare at them at their dead eyes and says, yeah, so, hey, I need a hand. And you're like, well, of course I'm going to do what the talking dog says. And uh, there's also uh, the Daedra of Mischief who you... um, sit down with, he challenges you to a drinking contest, and the quest is The Hangover. Literally The Hangover, you have to figure out what happened to you. There was a stolen goat, and you desecrated a shrine, and you have to run around figuring that out, and you finally find the data princess. It's like, oh, you're such a good sport. Here's all your stuff. And a, and a magic stick. Moving on. At least, I got nothing here. <laughs> yeah. Let's see here. Let us get... Ah, yes, the conclusion of this Game Facts review. Skyrim is not only one of the best games this generation, it is also one of the best games ever made. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, there's a lot to like about the Elder Scrolls. I'm not going to pretend that I hate playing it for 90 hours in a row. There's a really good exploration player empowerment loop. But there's a lot of stupid right next to that loop. I'm not going to begrudge anyone who really enjoyed it. But I am going to point out that uh, PC players like it a hell of a lot less than anyone else. <laughs> I'm, I'm just literally based on the Metacritic. It's Metacritic for the PC is uh, oh, this is the HD version. Uh, the the remaster is at 75, whereas everything else is 80 or above. Man, uh, I guess the HD port was not good. And here we thought HD was supposed to make things look better. Yeah, I mean, that's all it did. Well, I think part of the problem is that the PC community resents this this sort of thing when they've already done it for themselves. There's a whole thing I gotta parse out about uh, Beam Dogs um, enhanced editions of all the Infinity Engine games and how fans react to it and how they may be missing the point. But that that's a whole other episode of a whole other thing. Funny you should mention that since uh, I was going to mention the final lap that I'm playing the Beam Dog Enhanced Edition of Icewind Dale right now. Uh, Phil, <laughs> why, what? In matters of taste, there can be no disagreement. But goddammit, Phil, sometimes. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so, so this did get a small little stack of DLC, nothing as... Um, yeah, three pieces, each a bit bigger than 
anything that came out for Fallout 3, but uh, and certainly much bigger than all the little things that they kept releasing for Oblivion. Yeah, I'm not uh, seeing anything about horse armor. So. Yeah, like Oblivion released a bunch of tiny stuff, and this time around um, they went for three, two big things and one um, sort of utility set that adds new mechanics. And uh, it, it's more similar to how they released Fallout 3's DLC, but I think I think this, they've they've found their own feet in terms of what they want to sell after the game is out. Uh, so the first piece of DLC is Dawn Guard, which gives us vampires. Do they fight the werewolves, or are they just on their own? So, so you could become a werewolf in the first game if you join the Fighters Guild, but there's a it introduces a different organization who hunt vampires and are also werewolves sometimes, and it gives you two new skill trees so that you can power up being either a vampire or a werewolf. Because once again, you must choose sides, and uh, you. Um, you run around being a vampire or being a werewolf, thwarting or fulfilling some prophecy about blotting out the sun. Uh, there's some new armor, some new perks. You can get crossbows for the first time since Daggerfall? Seems like a significant omission from Morrowind and Oblivion. <laughs> I think I don't think the designers thought the difference was interesting enough for them to keep put the work in. Um, I, I think they finally sort of... I, I think crossbows in this game are you know, sort of bang on what you want to portray where it's like, no, it's it's real. It feels real, but it's also, um, you know, a, a, an interesting choice between regular bows and crossbows. Uh, you you uh, get to go to um, even farther north uh, where the vampires hang out, and you also get to go to a new realm in Oblivion that you didn't see when you were there in Oblivion. Because it's not all on fire, but it, it's it, it's just dark and spoopy, and you have to find rocks to uh, turn on a thing to fulfill a prophecy. Uh, rocks, they also, prophecies, yeah, I, yeah. I see that. They uh, they also introduced plastic surgery because now you can uh, redo your face in the hopes of maybe not being horribly ugly. Can you make it into dental, into David Hasselhoff? I, I don't think you can make yourself David Hasselhoff. Damn it. Now, see, that needs to... Screw the horse armor. I'd pay $5 for that. Come on, man. Uh, yeah, so you, you fight, you you do some stuff, slay some vampires, or slay some vampire hunters, and the day is saved or doomed forever, as is the case. It's pretty good. It's kind of long. Like, it gets a little long in the tooth, especially because uh, the Oblivion Realm is just sort of boring. Um, the next one was Hearthfire, which is where you can build a house and you can have a hearth that you make fires in. Well, like you, you can buy a plot of land, you can build, you can set up a house and build add-ons and you can adopt children. You can just find free floating orphans and say, Hey, orphan, you want to live in my house? And they're like, that would be nice. Can you farm? You can farm. But the farm and is... has Sam tried this? Because this sounds Harvest Moon esque. Uh, no, neither of us bought it. Neither of us decided to buy it. You did it by the farm. It. Yeah, I know Sam, who you know will will tell tales of accidentally getting married in Skyrim and then accidentally forgetting where she left her wife in Skyrim. <laughs> did not go in on the. How much did this cost? I don't know. I, I want to say it was ten bucks. The, the ten dollar option to have a house and raise children and farm and farm 
Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly shocked because we know that these things attract Sam like very few other items. Yeah. Um, so the last one is called Dragonborn. Uh, as it turns out, uh, you being the chosen one is less is not so cool with uh, what it turns out to be the first Dragonborn who wakes up from his coma, coma uh, to fight you. So because there can be only one, I guess, maybe his 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 motivation is ambiguous. Is he hoping to absorb your power by cutting off your head? What is this? I, I don't know. He Go for the head, boo. Go for the head. Yeah, you, you, yeah, this, this guy, the first dragonborn has a cult worshiping him and you have to, uh, you know, dig around into his backstory, befriend, befriend a demon prince and then, uh, ride a dragon and fight him. Uh, it takes place in Morrowind. <laughs> I'm surprised there wasn't any DLC set in Daggerfaller Arena. This yeah, I know. Like a friend. I, yeah, well, I mean, it's it's honestly that was sort of the exciting thing was that you could go back to because because um, Skyrim and Morrowind are actually kind of close. They, they 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 share a chain of islands, so you get to go to one of those islands, and so you 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 get to see things from Morrowind again, like the the crazy Netch things and other stuff. Uh, they they have been redone in the Skyrim engine, right? They they don't look like they're from the original. Oh no, Morrowind graphic. Okay, no, no, these these are all brand new. It's not like they slapped a new cut of paint on those old models. That uh, would be that would be frightening. This is kind of cool, as much as it's just sort of like weird. Because again, I don't remember this guy getting a lot of really good backstory or motivation. But it's it's a fun little series of dungeons you go through. You get some cool stuff. You fight some guys. Uh, everything looks different because after 90 hours of thatched roof cottages and and snowy mountaintops, just having the weirdness that is Morrowind back is so goddamn refreshing. And that's the trilogy of, of DLC, I believe. Yeah, um, it all got bundled up and re-released with um, the new lighting engine and higher res art assets in... Oh, what do they actually call it? Special edition. Yeah, the um, legendary edition, I think. Yeah, which I think is the version that the the X Bone and the PS4 got. Yeah, and presumably the Switch, <laughs> and probably the Wii at some point because that's that's a glaring omission at this point. You know, I think I think we need a new thing. I think uh, I think we've clearly proven that computer engineers can make anything run Doom. We we know that it'll have it, it. You don't even have to try anymore. But if you can get Skyrim running on everything, I'll be much more impressed with you. Coming soon, mm. Skyrim for the 3DS. 3D Skyrim. No, that that's too easy. We need Skyrim on the Atari, Atari 2600. 2600. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Open world adventuring like yeah, never seen it before in really big pixels. Cool, I'm down with that. that. Will be impressive. Okay, I don't see anybody taking us up on that. We have to ask yeah. that question, Scott. So, which is the best Elder Scroll? Now we've talked about all of them. Which one is the best? I've told you. I've said this every time. I've he said has, this every Bill. six. I've said this every four months for I guess two years. Every Elder Scrolls game is the worst Elder Scrolls game. But which one's the best? There has to be a best one. 
No. Weren't you listening? Morrowind is the least worst. That was exactly what we said. But which one's the best? You laughed and have failed to parse what least worst really meant. Which one's the... Okay, 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 okay. But will people go back and and play... we already established at the beginning that Skyrim is the most worst, right? Yeah, we may have said that Skyrim is the most worst. Most worstest? But seriously... We're using highly technical terminology here, Phil... Most worstest is far superior to most worst. Most so if, if somebody comes up to you and they're like, "Dude, I've never played an Elder Scrolls game before," you're going to be like, "Well, three's the least worstest. Go play that one." Yeah, that, that that's how that's how I'm going to part. That's how I'm going to put in, in front of people. You can buy it on you can buy it on Steam. You can buy it on GOG. It's out there. Uh, Skyrim is also available on many services, and I think Morrowind is still cheaper. I'm going to check eBay. Yeah, I know, right? Um, I mean, Elder Scrolls Game of the Year Edition uh, is $15 on GOG, but of course, if you just wait for a sale, you'll get it for like three bucks and change. Yeah, uh, that, that's it. Okay, yeah. so right now, uh, I am seeing Skyrim uh, float between about 15 and 30 depending if you want it on... Current consoles or last gen. Depends on what's still plugged into your TV. But if if you are so committed to me being wrong, us being wrong, that, you know, Skyrim is one of the great games for all time, for its its console generation, and we're just a bunch of loons with a sense of context, uh, you can can prove us wrong by paying $800 for the collector's edition what comes with a cool dragon statue, a map, an art book, and a, a fancy box. Which our listeners totally deserve. So go out and buy that today. There too. I think the hey, soundtrack's in there too. Hey, feelies are pretty damn appealing. Oh, that. no, it's it's a DVD uh, documentary, behind-the-scenes stuff. That's Not also yet. kind of... The, ga- the game itself isn't included? No, the game is in there. Okay. Well, I'm sure we'll find somebody who will say that that's a great deal and is going for it immediately. You know, some people some people like the feelies. Some people like going back for the collector's editions. I feel like you could get this box in 2000, like you if you wandered into a GameStop. They'd have that box, like one of those kicking around, and they'd let you have it for 40 <laughs> I think if you were in 2012, you could have got it a great deal on it. Well, there will always be crazy eBay sellers who try to list things at ridiculous prices. Look, I'm just saying, I'm I'm waiting for the last copy of Metal Gear 5 Phantom Pain to go on, uh, Collector's Edition, to go on GameStop doesn't have any shelf space anymore, or price, so I can have that cool robot hand. I don't want the game, I just want that cool robot hand. Maybe Sam is listening and she can make that happen. <laughs> no, she's gonna. She yells at me every time whenever I say it. I want that cool robot in. So there you go. Go play some Elder Scrolls, right? That's what we're saying. Go play Elder Scrolls, or you can play Icewind Dale, the HD Bullfrog, whatever the hell it's called edition. Yeah, that's what we're gonna talk about in a few minutes when we come back. After the these, Bullfrog Edition. Or whatever it's called. What's the name of the company again? <laughs> Beam Dog. Okay, Beam Dog. Whatever. Oh my gosh. Don't stress me. I drink this whole bottle. Okay, we'll be right back <laughs> after. <laughs> it's like, like, 
You're like my podcast wives correcting me everywhere I go. We're going to be right back after these commercial messages. You're in the big leagues when you play Skyrim. And we have returned with the final Apple. Read your comments, talk about kitchen sink stuff, and oh, so much more or less. And Phil, you were just saying that the candidates for Blast in the recent past this time all depress you. I but know. Omega Quintet. It's it's an idea factory game. <laughs> it's a bad idea. It's a best. bad idea, Minky. A bad idea. So yeah, we were looking at the games that came out this time. Four years ago, or two years ago. Don't drink and drive, boys and girls. Anyways, Omega Quintet, which... It's while we're driving, right? Yeah, maybe. A video game developed by Galicopos RPG, a subsidiary of Compile Heart. Oh, Oh, published by Bad Idea Factory. (laughs) Uh, It's so bad! It takes so... It's just so... So bad, like, okay, maybe a couple years ago, we didn't have a great choice of JRPGs no, for no, the PS4. No. It, it gets better. It gets better, Phil. How? The PC port was done by Ghostlight. Who the hell was Ghostlight? They're the worst. The same people who did the PC ports of the Agarest game. Oh, get yeah. out! <laughs> Make the pain stop! <laughs> oh my gosh, oh. look, look, PlayStation 4 owners, look, I feel your pain. I'm a PS4 owner, too. And I know that a couple years ago, there weren't a lot of JRPGs out there, but it's not worth it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just hang on to your PS3 a little bit longer. Our review from Alex Fuller is only a two and a half out of five. Get out. It got like a 50 on Metacritic. <laughs> well, then, then, we're wrong. then we're par for the course. I mean, normally we're Except- like a point lower. <laughs> We're usually, like, if they give it, like, a 50-whatever, we usually give it, like, a (laughs) 1.5. I love his negative here. World of idiots. Uh, Incessant early tutorial interrupts. Hey, listen! Unclear progression requirements, because, like, who needs clear progression requirements? 
Oh my gosh. And just look at the screenshots. You could have easily done this oh with God. the PS3 and probably PS2. Oh Guys, God. just... So, so much lolly. So, such lolly can't compute. Just just don't do it, guys. This year, this time, two years ago, was a dark time in RPG history. That's all we're going to say. We're just going to pretend like like May 9-ish, whatever, 5-ish, or whatever. It just didn't exist. Late April, early May. 2015 sucked for RPG. So, oh, and th- this one, um, okay, so this one isn't okay. So the the other one on our list for this month is Shadowrun Chronicles Boston Lockdown, which I assumed was uh, DLC for Shadowrun Returns. Well, yeah, that's what it sounds but, like. No, it's not. Get out. This was this, this was the turn based online game. <laughs> Oh no! Horrible. That's right, because that would be it. Should have been Shadowrun Returns if it was DLC yeah, for that no, PC this, game. This is Shadowrun Online. Uh, the and that game. was so bad. So everyone bad. That, that everyone hated. Hey, they hated oh. it. Don't do it, boys and girls. It's not worth it. Oh my gosh! Like, you're, I don't you're, even think the servers are up for this. You're and better. And the PC port of Final Fantasy IV The After Years. Yeah, because it was so awesome. It deserved a P- P- PC... No, it was. It was horrible. Anyways, guys, just don't do it. Just say it's no. It's the coaster that comes with your copy of Final Fantasy IV. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness gracious. So many I'm be- waiting for all the other Final Fantasy games that don't have sequels to get them. Because that seems to be where Square Enix churns out now. Uh, so many better or, games out there, you guys. Teams on something. <sighs> Where's my Final Fantasy three sequel? That ought to be interesting. Like, I think that's just five. I think that's like, just five. Like, guys, we have Legend of Heroes: Trails in the Sky, the third that just came out. Go play that. Don't play this. It's not worth it. <sighs> All right. So yes, that's why we didn't really do a blast because it, it would just been tears, wailing, and gnashing of teeth. Uh, instead. Yeah, nothing like we just heard. Yeah, completely different than what we just we heard. We hit it fast and we, we hit it fast and hard. Yeah. So instead, instead, what we're going to do is we're going to read your comments from episode 176, As Seen on TV, where we talked about, what was Every it again? Every Shonen Jump RPG you could remember, yeah. except the Dragon Ball ones we already did. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he... and, and of course, when I looked again, I saw, oh, there was another Inuyasha RPG that we could have talked about, but... Oh well. Oh god. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's the zombie Kikyo spin-off we all deserved. So <laughs> the show's good when dead Kikyo's in it. So in looking at y'all's comments on hit hit the mute button there. In looking at y'all's comments online, I just y'all wanna say all y'all's all y'all's comments. I just wanted to let y'all know this first comment I have written to the administrators of the forum asking that they formally remove this person from our forums because he said, quote, the no-feast people are back in Persona 5. I don't need to be reminded of that Budai, okay? I just don't, all right? I'm twitching right now. You can't see it, but I'm twitching. Phil, does this guy need to go on my special friend list where I make fun of I change his forum title and signature to make fun of him? <laughs> the faceless ones, Mike. I can't face them again because they're faceless. Get it? It's so horrible. Make it stop. 
Now, I haven't done a side-by-side comparison, but I'm going to say that Persona 5 looks slightly better than the Grand Stream Saga. Call it a hunch. It's not my bunch. Not the crowd, the people in the crowd. It's like they're missing parts of their face. It's not... Okay, okay, I found a screenshot. I'm sending it to you right now because because of reasons, okay? So just, we're going to copy... We're going to paste. And look at the guy on the right who's, like, looking up at the camera. There's something missing there. It's something missing. All right. It's, well, I see I see the lead doing his kind of, look at me, I'm cool, shoegazer. Huh. Well, look at that. Yeah. Well, hey, there's a face. There's a mouth and a nose and um, what look to be the last vestiges of eyebrows. I can't see. See, that, that is way more face than an unnamed character in Star Wars Rebels. That is way more face. <laughs> and then look at these people in this crowd. I mean, some of them don't even have mouths. <laughs> no, the only people who don't have mouths is is a guy wearing surgical mask because he has a cold guy. It's so scary. It's full. The world Japanese. Oh, world. there's there's like three of those guys. In there's Man, so there's something going around. Yeah, the faceless disease. It wipes away your facial features, including your eyes, because that's a but facial it, feature. Just enough of your eyebrows to make people remember that you had them once upon a time. Yeah, I don't understand. Stop it, people! Stop making games like this. It's not natural. Maybe it's supposed to be frightening. I don't know. It's just bad. Uh, Mike, what does Matthew say? Please change the hey, subject. Hey, guys, I thought we had a Growlanzer episode coming up. My favorite series besides Devil Survivor and Atelier. Anyway, just want to thank both of us for the labor of love. Been listening for many years and appreciate all the work you guys do. Well, thank you, Matthew. Ah, uh, Growlanzer. That the will cats, happen. The cats will not herd. Yeah, pretty much. The last time I tried to schedule it, uh, poor Sam had, I don't even remember what it was, but something that interfered. And yeah, now I do need to play through at least one of them to talk in a slightly informed manner. So that that should happen. But it's not gone. It's not thrown away and we're never, ever going to do it. It's not off the list. It's just in that nebulous bottom of the list where it'll come back again someday, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I think I need to revisit Legend of Dragoon. Someone, I'll get somebody who can talk about it. We, we have hired new people. <laughs> mm. And Victor. Victor has comments. Do you see them, Scott? Yeah, I, I do see them. Read them, Scott. <laughs> do it. Just do it now. Make me forget about these images floating through my mind. Okay, so Victor the ones that uh, you has also to. played the Inuyasha game uh, where he uh, was was pretty happy uh, he he was almost happy with it, except it was just painfully slow, and there were a lot of random encounters you couldn't dodge, and he was upset that you couldn't make friends with all the characters in the romance minigame in the same playthrough, and there's no way he's playing that again. Oh, uh, tedious load times mentioned also. Yeah. That's that's never fun. I mean, uh, it's... They, they apparently didn't release Naruto Path of the Ninja 2, uh, or, oh no, we got a Final Fantasy problem where Naruto Path of the Ninja 3 was released in Naru- as Naruto Path of the Ninja 2 here because the games were coming out so fast they couldn't keep up with localization and just 2J, 2, 2J hinged too much on plot details from the, the manga at the time. 
so they they went for the third one because it's you know a, a, a filler arc. <laughs> well, I'm we know the one that Mac reviewed is the one that has the filler plot. So actually, I don't know what the hell that says, except that Mac can do better things with his time than play manga RPGs based on filler arcs. Well, I played Bleach Third Phantom, <laughs> and what I love about it is by setting it as a tactical RPG, they completely undermine they, they completely undermine the, the show. It's like, yeah, yeah, if you if these guys operate as a team, they tend to wipe the floor with all their problems. No one has to lose th- six pints of blood to succeed. Yeah, I'm thinking back here, every fight that I can recall was one-on-one. Yeah, well, that's the thing. In, in the show, it's one-on-one, or um, I think there's a couple two-on-one fights, but more on more often than not, it's one-on-one, and by saying, okay, we're... And uh, Bleach Third Phantom retells a bit of the Soul Society arc and then deviates into filler arc. But, like, when it when it does the Soul Society arc, uh, the, uh, not Soul Society, the Huecamundo arc, they... they they condense a bunch of episodes into one fight where everyone's on the same map, and all of a sudden it's really easy. I I had forgotten that part until now. Jeez. Yeah, like like the one where all five of them show up at once, and you, it's it's all one on ones. Yep. Yeah. So that that got spun out to what was it a good twenty or so chapters in the manga? I, oh, it was painfully long. <laughs> It but, took too damn long for the anime to come out, so I didn't watch those episodes. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the point where it's like, ugh, it, like the, the anime started to get really padded, so you switch to the manga, and you're still frustrated with how padded it is. So you switch to reading summaries to see if it's worth picking up again, and then you never pick it up again, because Bleach got terrible pretty fast. Pretty terrible pretty fast. Yeah, I just stopped right around the time he was finally fighting Aizen, and that was supposed to be the climax, and I just... You know, I'm, I'm kind of bored at this point. You got that far? You got that far? I, That's impressive. Well, it, it says something that this is the climax. This is the bad guy that we've been looking forward to finishing all this five years or so at that point. Yeah. And then it continued, and I wasn't inspired enough to see exactly how Ichigo somehow managed to kill off Aizen. That, oh, I, I guess that's a big spoiler. I'm sorry. The hero in a shonen series killed off the villain. Well, again, it's it's not like there's a trend where only one character is capable of accomplishing anything. Uh, wait, no, two. I should say two. There are two characters are capable of accomplishing things in Bleach. Neither of them are Renji. God damn it. Yeah, Reggie's purpose was to get his ass kicked a lot. That was... the, 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 this is this is this is an issue with Sarah and I have sometimes. Uh, I remember Sarah took offense at my review for giving it a two and a half because Reggie was so hot he deserved better. <laughs> that, that's not how this review system works. It's also <laughs> not how Reggie would be. It's also not how Reggie works. Reggie is a miserable failure at all things. RP Gamers new review scale based on the hotness of the men in the game. No, it, not it, even well, the leads. No, it has to be the one man that tickles Sarah's. Personally chosen by Sarah. I'll do that. Uh, I will do that. Sarah, here's a picture of everyone in torment. Who's hottest? So, How hot are they? So hot, so steamy. Chosen just for you. I wonder if that's how she picks her FF11 characters based on hotness. Probably don't want to know the answer to that. No. That's, that's not something we want to no, dive into. No, 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 Anyway. Anyway. Those are the comments for the last one. So. Anyway. Uh, yes. 
Yeah, so thank you so much for your comments. You can leave those at forums.rpgamer.com. And we love to we love to hear them. Speaking of rpgamer.com, there's so much for you to check out over there. We got new impressions of Trails in the Skies the Third. We got reviews of Tales of Hearts, Extetra, whatever, who cares? A Persona 5, which is you know awesome. Zelda, which is boring. Extetra is something that Michael Baker reviewed, which tells you that it's some odd Japanese-only thing. Ooh, and it got a 2.0 out of 5. Uh, and, and this is how you know it's super fun, because one of the positives is kissing minigame can be turned off. <laughs> so, all right. It's that kissing minigame can be turned off, or kissing minigame is a turn off. Yeah, right? <laughs> Um, hard for the sake of being hard. Take that as you may. All right. So, Zelda Breath of the Wild, um, which I'm sure they gave a 2 out of 5 for the aggravating climbing mechanics. So check that all out at rpgamer.com. That and oh so much more, including... We have other podcasts you can listen to, like the RPG Cast, which talks about new and exciting things going on in the RPG world, and Active Topical Banter. I don't know what they talk about there. Stuff. Totally yeah, stuff. It's about stuff. <laughs> it's about that, stuff. That is actually accurate. It is It is a show about stuff. It's about stuff. And uh, Q&A Quest, where, where Wheels answers your questions and occasionally your complaints about this podcast. So there you go. Uh, anywho, uh, let's do the round table. Uh, Mr. A- Mr. Apps. <laughs> all these mics, they just... He, did. he reviewed Breath of the Wild. All these all these Michaels just start blending together. Mr. Too Me- many Michaels. Too, too many, many Michaels. Canadians. Too many Michaels. Too many Canadians. Damn Canadians. What's, what's... Wait, I don't think any of the Michaels actually live in Canada. No, that that's the thing. It's there. There's a really strict glass ceiling where if you want to be hired as an American, you have to be Michael. Even uh... if you live in Japan, it still holds. Yeah, I mean, one one day this whole system is going to get thrown out of whack. We'll hire a guy named Michael from Australia. Uh, Mr. Minky, what's new with you? Well, one of the things that you'll see on the site is a review of Dragon Sinker. I just put that up a couple days ago. Yeah, this is one of those things where Mac throws out these review codes as anyone anyone want it, and I said okay. It's another never character. say okay. If you see a title more than twice, it's bad. Well, here's what's here's the real giveaway. When Mac has asked like three times to the entire staff, and no one has raised their hand, that might be a red flag. Well, it, it's it's called some of it's called someone Googled the title and found out it's from Chemco, <laughs> and it it wasn't terrible. It wasn't all that good. I, I love this. I'm I'm trying to justify the fact that I played a Chemco game to completion by saying it wasn't terrible. Uh, well, that's I, the thing about Chemco games; they're never terrible. You're just <laughs> you've seen all they can do at hour four, and there's forty more hours to go. And again, this by being completable in less than 20 I think I finished it at about hour 13 that's an improvement over what could have been and there's you know a couple of ideas that are alright I, I kind of like that you can switch between your three parties instantly even in battle and I have no idea what the hell some of the classes they came up with are a baker what the hell does a baker do in a fight And serve pie right to the enemy's face that's apparently it yeah 
Puts the enemy in an oven and cooks them? Uh, sure. And, oh yeah, you'll love this, this progressive story angle. You are a human prince. One of the characters is an elf princess. She doesn't like you, but by the end, she does. Are you shocked and amazed? My mind is blown. I know! This is such a progressive, unheard of twist. I, I didn't see it coming. Uh... Yeah, I see, I'm, I'm I already running short of things to say about it. For auto on, does that mean you don't actually have to play this game anymore? <laughs> uh, well, you know what? Once was enough. I'm never playing it again. It was better than Chronos Arc. Wow, what a recommendation! Oh yeah, I'm yeah, I'm just I'm just a quote whore today, I guess. You want the <laughs> back on the box, right? Back of the box, <laughs> better than Chronos Arc. <laughs> gamer, no, not terrible. Oh jeez! And is this was this? And that's absolutely correct. I will not try to take that away from anyone who tries to use my words that way. It is not terrible. What? Uh, what? What? What platform was this on? 3ds. And of course, it was. It's a 3ds version of something that's on Android and iPhone. So we can't even say. Well, it's probably electronic copy. But we couldn't even say you can use it as a coaster because it's probably this tiny little chip. Which you would have to open the 3DS and manually extract. No, that... Yeah, you, three... should, you should not use an SD card as a coaster. SD cards are very tiny. Yeah. Well, even if it was on a regular 3DS cart instead of the SD card, those are too damn small to use as coasters. I tell you, I just uh, up- upgraded the memory in my 3DS uh, recently at 3DS, New X 3DS XL. And boy, you're taking that back cover off, and it feels so fragile. It's like one wrong move, and you swear you're going to just bust that thing in half. <sighs> and let's see. I have a retro view of Jean d'Arc that will be going up tonight, actually. Finished it. Got a couple of proofs. Amazingly enough, I enjoyed Jean d'Arc more than Dragon City. Get out. It's almost Jean d'Arc was a sleeper hit. We pushed really hard on the site for a couple of years. Like ten years ago. Yeah, it's ten years old, and... People don't talk about it now, and I just decided, all right, I'm cruising around on PSN. Let's, I'm going to grab this, and I had a blast. Of course, uh, oh, I'm sorry. That's far too effervescent. That's far too uh, buoyant. I should have just said, it's better than Dragon Sing and left it there, because that says it all. Shit. <laughs> it's also the last good Aki Hirohino game. Yeah, possibly the only good Aki Hirohino game. Is it better than the least worst Elder Scrolls game? It is not better than the least worst Elder Scrolls game. Okay, just checking. I feel like I have to go back and listen to the episode now because I have no clue what we're talking about. Bill, stop drinking wine while you're drinking a whole bottle of wine while we record. But it was on sale, and I gotta drink it all before it goes bad. That's not how wine works. But once I open it, it it's starts to savor wine. It, it's starting to lose effervescence or whatever, you know. It's like a guzzle, got a guzzle. You just bought some cheap wine at the dollar store, didn't you? No, this, no. This is two buck chuck, isn't it? This is two buck chuck. There's no such thing as a dollar store for liquor in Utah. There's only the state store, but it was on oh, sale. Right, I forgot for a moment you're in Utah. Yeah, that limits your. I figured Utah somewhere. would still have two buck chuck somehow. We're multiple wives, totally okay, but you know, wine on the other hand is uh, a little iffy. Well, hey. The- the Mormon Church is very strict. 
Yeah, yeah, there's a reason. And I imagine if anybody from the church actually listens to this and hears such horrible words as damn or maybe even what the heck, then we'll be in trouble. Well, we do also endorse hot drinks and alcohol in the same sentence. <laughs> we do. That We are never going to get the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints endorsement, I feel. No. Oh, they're, they're going to leave us behind. But that's okay, because I can put rum in my coffee. Oh, like maybe. Maybe that's why they don't come to my house anymore. They used to come here all the time because, you know, they're they're literally just right down the road. And maybe got it. since I started doing the podcast, they haven't been showing up. They know that they're not going to convert you. They know, know I'm too addicted to my weaknesses. Uh, let's see. What else? I will have a review for Aerolite Core going up pretty soon. I have to actually finish it, but I'm in the final dungeon. It's um, I talked about it the last time, and I just haven't been able to work up the gumption to play a whole lot of it at any one time. So even though I've got, like, what, 19 hours total according to Steam, I'm not quite done. And there's an achievement for beating the game in t- under 10 hours. Ha ha ha. Obviously that's not gonna happen. And... I actually bought something else on PSN and was playing it for a while. Nuclear Strike. There's something... The Strike series. That's something EA has just dropped and has never talked about for 20 years. And that's a shame, because I kind of like those games. Hmm, I, I, I vaguely remember that, seeing them before, but I don't think I ever sat down and played one. There's just something about being in command of a helicopter and going around and blowing the crap out of everything you find. Oh, well, yeah. Almost. You can't blow up the friendlies, because you can pick them up and they regenerate your health somehow when you offload them. Oh, yeah, I remember, s- I remember seeing this game now, and I've got a recommendation, okay? Check it out. It totally, It totally makes this game... Twice as good if you play it this way, okay? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little known secret. What happens every time your helicopter gets blown up, you lose a life, whatever, you have a glass of wine. Just every time. Just makes, that brings the game into a new light. A full glass, not a sip? No, not a sip. No, 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 no. You gotta go for the full glass. Am I supposed to have multiple bottles of wine on hand? Because this sounds like it'll get expensive pretty fast. Well, yeah, they're on sale right now at the liquor store. That's your liquor store, not mine. I'm sure it's, it. you know, you can find something. Maybe Mike lives somewhere with access to two-buck check. He's in California. It's really cheap out there. When, when I'm out there, I may or may not have filled up the trunk of my Sonata, which I, is... I found one-buck check once upon a time at the dollar store. I don't. That was a while back, but maybe it'll happen again. Yeah, do it. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah, I started up Riviera on PSP. I... All I can tell is that it seems like the GBA version so far because I just barely began. Totally different. Better graphics. So different. They talk now. They talk now. Yeah. Uh, totally different. Well, they talk. I me- Did I mention that they talk? Yeah, totally different. That's all I've got on the uh, that I've been playing at the moment that I can think of. So somebody else is up. Rockmater. Alright, so, um, I have got a review in the works for Torment Tides of Numa Numa Numa. Yay. Um, Ooh. Isn't that also by Bean Froggy? Yeah, isn't that also by Dead Froggy or whatever it's called? No, no, this is the weird resurrect, half-resurrection of In Exile. Ah. Um, no, that, that's, that should go up probably around the time this episode does, and... Uh, I'm playing Prey right now. I'm liking Prey. Prey is good. Yeah, the last couple times I've signed in, I've seen you pop into Prey, Steam. 
So it's good to know that you're having a good time with it instead of cursing its existence. Yeah, yeah. Not like other things. No, you never curse the existence. No, never. Certainly not the most worst Elder Scrolls game. Mm -hmm. No. Worst, bestest Elder Scrolls game. And let's see, you were teasing something there, Phil. What could it be? Worst, bestest Elder Scrolls game? Or the bottle of wine? (laughs) I don't think that counts as teasing. I think Phil's forgotten. Oh, is Scott done? I didn't yeah, hear him I'm say not, he's that, done. That's kind of what I'm dealing with. That's what I'm playing. Okay. Well, yeah. You know, um, hmm. I didn't get a whole lot to play since the, the last show. I've been kind of kind of busy. But um, let's see here. What was I going to talk about? Stuff. Um, so we're doing... That narrows it down. Yeah, we're putting together um, a Dungeons & Dragons group that's going to play on Saturday starting at like 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. And it's all online. It's using Skype map tools. We're going to be playing through Pinces of the Apocalypse, one of the newish campaigns released by the D&D guys. And... I got a lot of good reviews on Amazon, like four and a half stars, so we'll see how well it plays out. Um, it's going to be something else since I'm so used to uh, Pathfinder, so I'm looking forward to really giving the 5th edition system a good shakedown. I'm very excited because I, I like a lot of the changes that I see. Might be uh, a topic for an active topical banner sometime. Um, but uh, if you're interested, we could use another player or two if you want to reach out to me at Twitter or something. I'll shoot you off the details because said it'll be all online, so it won't be every Saturday. Uh, it's just going to be there's uh, the three core the three core of us that are starting this. It's going to be when when we're available, <laughs> as I get the feeling that with Saturdays, one of us always almost always has something going on. So it'll probably end up being something like two Saturdays a, a month uh, in in real practice. But yeah, so we'll be doing that. So if you're interested, hit me up at JC Servant. We love to have another person or two at the table. Especially if you like RPing, because we got some heavy RPers. Um, what else? And yeah, I've been reading books. Have Have any of y'all heard of lit RPG books before? No. No, it's a totally like no. everyone go, goes and googles that up. Um, it's kind of a unofficially a new subgenre, I guess would be a way to explain it. And we've all read plenty of fantasy books, and you may have read fantasy books where something like Ready Player One where the main character is spending a lot of time inside of a a virtual game and that plays a big uh, uh, role in the plot. And maybe he even goes over some of the rules of the game, specifically those uh, that tend to relate to, you know, the plot playing out and providing the challenge to the the protagonist or whatnot. But lit RPGs um, are more geared towards actually putting you into the mind of someone who's playing the game and thinking through the mechanics of the game. So it's not unusual for in a lit RPG to see text from the system in the middle of the story like, you hit the rat for 10 damage minus 3 armor is 7 damage. You know, and things like that. And actually hearing the protagonist thinking, well, I could spend all day mining or or I could join the raid party and do this and and whatnot. And, and there will be plots within that game going on. And there may or may not be some out outside of the game plots as well that tie into it. But the real emphasis is on getting your mind into the game and into the mechanics. And on one hand, this sounds pretty boring. When I first heard about this concept, I was like... That sounds like it's going to be pretty dry. So I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks, 
And and I decided to give one a shot because I'm like, holy crap, this one has really great reviews. I decided to read uh, Way of the the first book of the Way of the Shaman series. Shaman, shaman. He needs to drink more. Way of the Shaman um, by uh, by somebody. We'll see if we can find out the artist. Uh, author Vasily Mahaneko, whatever weird name. People stop using weird names. Anyways, Vasily uh, Mahaneko. Yeah, it's easier just to look up Way of the Shaman. Seriously, series of books. It comes right up on Amazon. Someone with a Russian first name and a Japanese last name? You know, I didn't really question it because um, it had really great reviews. And okay. yeah, and, and and so it ended up being a really great read. Uh, in fact, my wife has actually she tore she liked it so much she tore into the second book the third book i think she's on the fourth book now um it it, it was that mu- it was that much fun it was that ex- it was that good so it starts off slow uh the 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 plot here is that the guy the the main character is has cre- uh, has committed a crime and his punishment in this alternate futuristic war america is that he gets tied to in an, uh, an mmo game uh, a virtual reality MMO game, um, except with a except he's thrown directly into the copper mines, and he has the uh, the 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 filters to the sensitivity filters turned off, which in English means that if his character feels pain, he gets to feel pain um, and the such, and he's put immediately to work uh, uh, oring whatever uh, mining copper. And so it's 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 almost it's very boring at first. It's like low level character stuff, and you hear a lot of mechanics talk and rules and regulations. And at first, it kind of starts out a little dry, but then um, but then the other characters around him uh, interact and plot against him using these rules, and they get away with, example, uh, killing him. Even though generally speaking, PKing is against the rules in the mines. Uh, because they fill some technical requirement of law, and it's pretty damn funny. So he has to learn to wise up. Um, and people act really nice, and they backstab them a minute later. And you find out there's in-game motivating reasons for why they do that. And things like that become really, really interesting. And if you, I will say, you get a lot more out of this story if you've played a lot of MMOs and World of Warcraft and the such. It just all starts clicking and tying in. And next thing you know, you're like, oh, yeah, he leveled up. And you're already kind of working with him of where he's going to put his points. It, it, it's something else. I didn't think it was going to be such a big draw but it ended up being uh pretty exciting one of the one of the neat things about it is if you read a lot of game of thrones or whatever and those are those are you know uh, you know lord of the rings or whatever and those are great you know good books even though they're fancy though they've got to have you know they got to have some logic to them you know they these are tech you know in a way real people and yes there's magic in the world but they can be killed and 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 the plots have to be somewhat down to earth and things like that but because this entire thing is taking place in a virtual you know video game the twists and turns and the weird things that can happen can come out of left field um and and be you know very fresh compared to reading a whole bunch of dungeon and dragons fiction uh, where they try to make everything feel like it's very logical. Here, they're, they, they don't even try. It's a video game for crying out loud. And those weird things that happen in World of Warcraft, and you know, we talk about Skyrim of like, you know, there's 80% bandits and 20% villagers because it's a video game. Weird, stupid-ass plot things, and you go in and you steal pe- stuff from people's homes because it's a video game. 
you know, a lot of that comes into play here. So definitely some of the break in the fourth wall as well. But the lit RPG definitely, you know, has more of a focus on the mechanics, system messages to try to draw you into the game so you feel like you're really, you know, in the game, not just siding with the character, but, you know, you, you feel like you're in there as well. So pretty, pretty exciting uh, and really fresh and, and and whatnot. And I say for me, it would normally be like a four out of five, but I feel like this was so, for me, so original and fresh after reading tons of other fantasy novels, I kind of bump it up to a five out of five because it was just, it was awesome. So, well, that and the fact that um, I got through the second book now, really cool. It gets better. The first book is cool, but the second book takes it up to a whole nother level. So, so go and check it out. Um, Survival Quest. Yeah. Way of the Shaman, book one or two or whatever. Super awesome. Uh, and um, if you buy it on Amazon, the book is three ninety nine, and you can add the Audible for like three or four bucks more. And so you can get, you know, seven bucks, you know, total, and then you have both those copies. If you go to audible.com and you buy it straight up, it's going to be something like 15 bucks probably. I, I don't know. But um, so, well, I tell people when you're looking for audiobooks, excuse me, if you got credits, you can use those, of course. But compare the price on Amazon where where you go to the Kindle version and it'll have a little checkbox there that says add audible. And sometimes buying the Kindle version plus the audible is like half the price of a credit or buying the book straight up, the audiobook straight up. So save yourself a few bucks. So it's very fun to listen to in the car and while you're doing chores around the house. Feels like you're playing an RPG. So pretty cool. That nerd stuff. Woo. And I gotta go to bed. It's even better when you're drinking. Have a good night, Mr. Scott. What isn't better when you're drinking? Yet? Good night, Scott. Thank you for being here. Driving while you're drinking, especially in Utah, where they've lowered the blood alcohol level to 0.05 now for a ticket. Very bad combination. Uh, Mormon church. It's Definitely like, that's like you. one and a half beers. Don't, you know, like, wow. <laughs> so don't have a, a, a dinner wine. you supposed to uh, drink at home and only at home. Yeah, and they're like, we want the nation to know that Utah is serious about drinking and driving. And I guess that sounds like a great politically correct message. Point zero five is really strict. Um, that's just really stupid. So, whatever. Um, stupid Utah. So, I've been playing more Demon Gaze because I, you know, since I beat Persona 4 Golden on my Vita, um, I'm still kind of working on Persona Q, but I, I needed something else for my Vita, so I've been I went back to Demon Gaze. Which, then I guess I better not schedule a Persona Q backtrack anytime soon. You're not making very quick progress there. Yeah, I gotta go back to Persona Q. Um, I love the music in Persona Q. The Carousel song, which you can find on YouTube easily enough. Car- Carousel of whatever. Um, I'll see if I can find the exact name. But uh, I love that song. It gets stuck in my head. And the battle music. You can just Google up Persona 5 battle music that'll come right up uh persona q i mean persona 5 ah. uh persona q maze of life i'm sorry i said carousel um persona q maze of life that's a super awesome song and the battle theme song i like that and, and it's one of those things where we said this before i don't understand the lyrics but the song gets stuck in my head somehow hey speaking of cool new things i think my favorite track from the from persona q is the final dungeon theme it's actually amazingly long if you listen to the whole thing it's a good oh. seven and a half minute track. I'll have to get there. Um, do oh, we... and I should mention that I just bought Trails the Third on Steam because that's the only place you can buy it right now. No, I'll be playing it. G O G, hello. Oh crap! That's right. 
where I uh, will be buying it because I like DRM free. Uh, of course, unless it costs like twice as much, then I'll feel pretty guilty. It's pretty stupid. It's twenty-seven. It is on a ten percent Steam sale right now, but uh, twenty-seven bucks. It, you know, it'll, yeah, it, it only came out last week, so ten yeah. percent is about as good as you're going to get. Yeah. So yeah, twenty-seven bucks on GOG or Steam, depending on whether you want you know to be connected to your Steam friends while you're playing it, or you want the DRM free version. Either way. You probably can't get wrong, given the uh, the pedigree of the series, and it's already got four and a half stars uh, with fifty three votes on GOG. I have no clue if these people really played through the game that fast. I, I don't even know how you do that. I doubt it. I sincerely doubt but, it. But I I very much doubt that there is any requirement for people to actually play through the entire game before rating it. There may not even be a requirement that you have to play any of the game. Yeah, I know you didn't even boot it up. But uh, we're pretty sure it's a pretty good game. Uh, I'm, it's, I'm sh- it's like the Oscars. If you think that they have to actually watch everything before they vote on it, think again. I like this one guy who gave it three out of five stars, and he says in big capital letters, early review, and he says, I'm barely a quarter into the, gr- uh, into the game. Um, so just to give you a heads up, uh, this installment's different. So he's played a quarter, so he's ready to give it his review now. Um, so at least he, he gives you spoiler, or he says, say... He, he is up front about it. Yeah, he's up front about it. But uh, anyways, yeah, if you want to get in on that early and talk to your friends about it, 27 bucks is, uh, I think, whether you get on Steam or on GOG, I'm pretty sure it's the same price right now. So that's pretty cool. Hey, speaking of uh, new things, Mike, did I, refresh my memory. Did we talk about the new season of Mystery Science Theater 3000? When we last recorded, it was, you were extremely irate that we... We're cutting into your time of being able to watch it. Right. I should really go and watch it now. Okay, I just make sure we brought it up on Netflix. Everybody go watch it. Yay. Um, yep, it's been it's been 18 years since there was a new Mystery Science Theater episode. Seriously, 18 years. 18 years. That's insane. But that's, that's how awesome it is. They brought it back. It seems like I remember reading somewhere that somebody said when it comes to TV, there's two types of shows right now that are really hot. Uh, comic book shows and uh, those shows reviving the 80s and 90s like Fuller House and the new Bill Nye show and and, and now Mystery yes, Science Fuller Theater. House exactly Fuller House that's exactly what the, that is what the masses are demanding um, I, I guess well we know Candace Cameron definitely wanted it because aside from Full House what has she done oh right nothing it's something else. I was I was thinking to myself. I, I you know I, I listened to Ready Player One. And I'll talk about that more on some other show. But I mean, one of the key things in that was that a lot of the stuff was based off of the eighties and the technology back then, and the culture and the references and the music and the TV. And I mean, I thought to myself, you know, the eighties were really. You know, they really stick in our minds. I mean, I go into stores. I'm in our hotel, and they're always playing 80s music for example i mean it's and now i keep seeing these re-releases of 80 cartoons and 80 tv shows and the such and i'm like is it that we can't come up with anything creative anymore that's better or or is it that i remember when my parents you know back in the 80s they were listening sometimes to their 60s and 60s music over and over again you know is it nostalgia or is it that the you know the 80s was really just that awesome that we just can't seem to shake it. That they, even the young people are liking our stuff from the '80s, or is that just us old fogies and nostalgia trips? Hmm. I'm not. Enti- I'm not entirely sure on that. I can tell you that it's not just the '80s. If it was just the '80s, then we wouldn't be getting a movie of Baywatch in a couple weeks. 
Yeah, like 80s. And, and Baywatch is not the 80s. 80s, 90s. That 80s, early 90s. I don't even yeah, remember Baywatch. Where, where's the movie of Knight Rider? That would be 80s. Yeah, Knight and Rider movie. David Hasselhoff. Yeah, Hasselhoff. So, yeah. And, and yeah, we just got that new Power Rangers movie a couple of months oh ago. Oh my gosh, go, go Power Rangers. Do it. It wasn't Mighty Morphin, though. It was just Power Rangers. Do it. So yeah, lots of uh, lots of new and exciting things coming back from the past. Ha! Huh. Yep, we're getting a remake of a Clint Eastwood movie next month, The Beguiled, and we've got a fifth Transformers movie coming. Because another thing we all demanded. Um, hell, I love Transformers. I own number of the the cartoon DVDs. I will brag all day about the Transformers. Um, animated series from I forget exactly when it was like five or six years ago I got that whole series because that was really done well um, Transformers Prime that's what it was called so I'm a fan but even I was no, not demanding a no no in fact I love Transformers Devastation on the PS4 and Steam but even in fact I bought both copies it was so much fun but no I am not asking for another one of these movies horrible horrible stop it people stop the insanity it's just wrong oh. Even with riff tracks, I can't watch. I the can't. First yeah, I, one go. I have no. to take breaks. Yeah, take breaks. Yeah, you have to space it's it just out. Just that. You have to space it out. Um, and yeah. I've never watched it without riff tracks because I refuse. I'm just not doing that. Right. The other thing. Uh, the other thing. Actually, I've been uh, doing a little bit here and there is um, what uh, Heroes of the Storm kind of released their 2.0. So I'm playing some Heroes of the Storm rounds and Starcraft did a major update uh dropping a new co- co-op commander and map so if you're in any of those games and you want to hook up as friends i'm jc servant number 1617 or again you can just hit me up on twitter and i can confirm that information or type it to you or whatever but if you like any of those games um sometimes on there uh earning my gold coins or whatever playing another round of co-op and leveling up my felix commander that i just paid five bucks for yay dlc woohoo um that's one of those like i love starcraft and i paid for the dlc that's one of the few games that i'll buy dlc for so you know as it comes out usually most you know if you guys know me i just anything with dlc i just wait for the game of the year edition we talked about skyrim i didn't even buy it when it came i waited for the game of the year edition because i knew they were on dlc the heck out of that game um which apparently they only did three, but I still waited and got the Game of the Year edition while it was on Steam sale, no less. Well, well, we were listening. They did three actual substantive updates instead of um, multiple horse armors. Multiple horse armors. So bad. So, so bad. Well, you know, it, you can't just have one horse armor because your horse might not look right in the emerald green horse armor you might need the the silver and platinum horse armor instead oh geez it's like it's like pringles you just can't stop with one (laughs) horse armor you gotta have them all um yeah yeah boys and girls just be glad you can just buy when you buy oblivion these days you get the whole freaking enchilada in one go jeez what were they thinking um, oh, they I know. Thinking that they were they thinking were testing what people would be willing to buy. Yeah, they were thinking dollar signs. And uh, they learned. They learned that people did buy the horse armor. Uh, I don't know how many, but people did. 
Hey, by the way, boys and girls, going back to the audiobook thing, if you know of any audiobooks that you've listened to and you want to make a recommendation, feel free to mention it to me. I'm always happy to uh, add things to my wish list. So um, there you go. Um, cool. So I think that's about it. Anything else on your end, Mr. Mike? No, nothing I can come up with. No? Well, uh, you know, I do the whole blurb thing at the end, but i got to remember that Scott did a cool outro for us so we no longer have to do the whole RP Gamer is a production, whatever, because that automatically plugs in at the end. So instead, I can just turn the mic over to Mr. Minky and have him send us off. And my thoughts at the moment mostly revolve around the inevitability of Tom Cruise appearing in a movie called Skyrim at some point because, yeah, it's a good title. And it's sufficiently vague that you can make it about pretty much anything. I'm still going with it being a vaguely Halo setting. But also, we have an official from Scott. This is the most worst of the Elder Scrolls games. But I don't think we were factoring in the Elder Scrolls Online when we talked about that. So there may be that caveat. Good night. As always, listen to our previous podcasts, as well as our awesome sister shows, the RPG Cast, the Q&A Quest, and the Active Topical Banter, all at RPGamer.com. <laughs>